Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. Today we look back on brilliant Honda Classic and discuss Paul Weisinger's controversial European Tour comments. Hey guys, it's Brooks Kepka. I uh, just wanted to welcome you guys to the Golf Monthly Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. My name's Tom Clark and I am joined by Nick Bonfield. Hi Nick. Hi Clazza. You right? Yeah, all good. And Elliot Heath. How are you doing Elliot? Good morning Tom. Good, thanks. Yeah. You sure? Good little little pause face. there. Oh, well, it's good to see your face as well. Got a lot of stubble going on today. Yeah, I've lost the charger to my razor. <laughs> <laughs> That's the situation. Oh, so you're being indefinitely then? Oh, uh, yeah, we're going to have to work that out going forward. <laughs> Just go buy a razor from somewhere. Um, oh, what a great start. We've got a very busy um, podcast ahead. We've got, we're going to hear from Rory McIlroy, which is always good. We're going to chat about the very good Honda Classic where Tommy Fleetwood just fell short. We're going to have to discuss Paul Weisinger's controversial comments about saying the European Tour is rubbish. And also, we've got some very exciting news because we have a new sponsor for the podcast. We are now the Clubhouse in association with Titleist, and we're going to have lots of exciting things um, to do with Titleist over the, ne- the coming weeks and months. So that should be really good to have. Um, we also have a new Facebook group called, wait for it, The Clubhouse which you can find if you uh, search for us on your fa- on Facebook or if you look around our Facebook page, you'll see the links to that. So do join that group and join the conversation about everything to do with golf. So loads of really exciting things happening at the moment on there, um, which is great. Elliot, did you play golf for the we- did you play golf at the weekend? Yes, I did. Did you break par? No. Uh, I the search that you know that the search continues, doesn't it? The quest. To break par continues. Yeah, uh, so I had a, a competition on Saturday that was called off, unfortunately, although actually fortunately because I didn't play very well the next day. And then first round of the doubles knockout went to the 20th hole. And? Did you roll uh, it? No, I, we won. I, I birdied the 18th in regulation to take it to extra hole. Oh, wow, there we go. Gutsy. And uh, yeah, me and my partner from last year who got to the third or fourth round are back up and running. Who's uh, your was, partner? Andy Rankin, A-Rod, good player. A-Rod. <laughs> You've had two classic gyms already. So um, so this was the competition that you... No, this wasn't the one that you got to the final a few years ago, was no. it? No, this is a new one. So you're, you're handicap four? Yes. A-Rod's, what's A-Rod's um, uh, handicap? He's just gone up to 11, I think. Okay. He is a demon on the greens. And who did you play against? What were their, what were their handicaps? 10 and 10. Okay, so pretty... So you were the... You were the best player in that group by a long way. Yeah. Could yeah. <laughs> anyone in the group put it further than you out of interest? No. All of them. Um, so it was good. So what was the course playing like? And was it all right? Yeah, it was really good. Uh, we're, we're holding up quite well, I think. But hopefully this will be like the driest March on record after the wettest February on record. It was pretty wet, wasn't it? So, oh, that's good. That's exciting. Nick, any golf from you? No golf. I went to Wembley on Sunday to watch Villa not get battered by Man City. So I was actually quite pleased about that. Had you given me a 2-1 before kickoff, I honestly probably would have taken it because I didn't want morale being crushed for the rest of the season because we're now in a relegation scrap down in 19th in the league. But it was a good day out. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, but, I mean, that shows where you are. Got to celebrate you a meaningful goal. You were happy with your team losing. Or Honestly, something. I was. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I was very happy with your team losing as well. Oh, hello. I was not hello. Arsenal remaining the only unbeaten Premier League. Yeah, champions. I know. I mean, that sh- that shows where Arsenal shows fans are. Exactly where Arsenal are. Um, yeah. Clinging on. To it's that. fine. It's fine. I thought Watford were very good. Were, were very good, weren't they? Very good value. So uh, they've leapfrogged us at the table now. So that's I, I, you know, that, ju- Thanks for that, by the way. Every cloud. Every cloud, when I saw that actually Villa, without playing, they were in a cup final, actually dropped two places into the relegation zone. Norwich winning as well, getting a bit close. So looking behind your shoulder as well. I, you know what, it was, you know, every cloud, every cloud. Let's talk about some golf. So at the weekend, there was the Honda Classic in Florida. 21-year-old Sung Jae-in won his maiden PJ Tour title. The Korean birdied both par threes on the bear trap in a final round of four under. He beat Canadian Mackenzie Hughes by one and Tommy Fleetwood by two. In was the 2018 Web.com Tour Rookie of the Year and then won the 2019 PJ Tour Rookie of the Year Accolade 2. He is up to a career high of 25th in the world. Um, and he's playing very well, isn't he? That was epic. I really, <laughs> really enjoyed that. I love Sung Jae and been a fan for at since, least eighteen since, months since the start of 2019. Yeah, don't pretend like you were a fan of his in 2018 on the <laughs> Web.com tour. Uh, but yeah, he's a big time player. I can't believe he's only 21. His shot into 15 was amazing. A five iron right towards the water, hold the putt, and then his shot on 16 as well out the bunker, hitting like a high cutty five iron knowing that if he didn't strike it, he had lost the tournament. I think, yeah, he's going to be a future world number one, potentially, definitely a future major winner, if he keeps going on this trajectory. Yeah, just to add him to the list of possible future world number ones. I thought the most impressive thing was his response to chunking his approach into the 18th green, because he admitted afterwards that he had been affected by the pressure, but to bounce back and stiff his, uh, stiff his fourth shot there to secure a par and put the pressure on Fleetwood behind, I thought was impressive. And as you say, he's a cracking player, I've been following his career trajectory for a while now. For a while? For one, again, for about 18 months? Yeah. yeah, probably, yeah. But he's actually won me money on a couple of occasions oh. in the past. I, whenever I watch him, I just think he's got a class all-round game and a great temperament. Nick, Nick is the only person who... Uh, he seems to win every single bet that he puts on because he doesn't tell us about any of the losers. But, um. but Sorry, for anybody who listens to the uh, Five Live Boxing podcast, I'm not being an aftertimer here. He was in my 2019 players to watch on the website last year, so, you know... I, if anyone say if anyone listens to the Five Live Boxing podcast, yeah, they'll know. They'll get the reference. Don't worry. I wonder how many people are in the middle of the. I don't. Well, I, don't I don't get this reference. But I, what's the reference? I think maybe one person listening might understand what that means. Okay. Um, well, well can, can you explain to the rest of us? Buncey always calls himself an aftertimer, oh. which is you know where you have a a thought after the time. What hindsight? You you mean? Something like that. So Elliot's saying that he was on Sung Jae In before he became popular and entered the public. You completely lost me there with the Five Live Boxing podcast. Uh, Well, but I'm trying to. I don't know what's going on here. Talk about boxing for a second. I know. Uh, On another. uh, Please do move the conversation on from this this chaos. His slow motion golf swing is quite possibly my favourite golf swing on tour at the moment. I think it's just so nice to watch. Yeah, well, he's 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 a very impressive operator, isn't he? And anyone that's seen him play, he's not the thing is he's not going to be a household name because he's from Asia. He's not going to get the headlines from really anywhere. It, it, you know, it's it's tough for him. But actually, he tends to just fly under the radar. And he's if he was English or American, or spoke good English at least, or 
Well, yeah, exactly. This is my point because he d- he doesn't fit into some of the you know some of the boxes, which mean that you get covers and a lot of interest. He's actually playing amazing. If he was American or English, there would be so many big things going on about him. Great President's Cup debut last year as well. Exactly. He's done well everywhere he's done. He's done well. He's 21. It's so impressive. He's top 25 already. He's going to be in the top 20 before we know it. Um, Absolutely. I think it's a fair point. He could easily be a world number one. He could easily win a major. At the moment, his game's looking good, good enough to do it at the moment. Yeah, he's arguably the most exciting talent in golf right now, I would say. Arguably, arguably, it's, yeah, it's which hard. is yeah, which is great. I mean, it's tough to argue with that. I can't think of any other name that I would arguably currently. <laughs> currently, yeah. <laughs> who would you? Have, who, I mean, who's in the list? People like Wolf and Morikawa, I guess, and Hovland. I the think. Fox, I think. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think he's well above. He's way ahead, he's of, the way ahead of the Hodge. Oh, of course, of course. He's way at the Hodgecott. I mean, they're exciting, but he's way ahead of. Yeah, that. of course, but they are eighteen. But yeah, yeah, they're a but long he's way 21, behind. Twenty-one. So I think he. What about when Rookie of the Year on the Web.com tour when he's 19 is is as is hugely impressive. Oh, also another thing, he's trying to qualify for the Olympics because I think that will get him out of military service if he wins a medal. So, uh, yes. um, so yeah. that's why he plays so often. I think to keep his ranking high. Okay. So, but if he so he's got to get to the Olympics and win a medal. I believe so. Yeah. There's there's lots of things. I think Son got out of the military service, didn't he? Because he went to. What do you go, the Asian Games and they won a medal there? Yeah, I think possibly. Son, the footballer. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, but, I mean, it can hamper your career. We're really flip, we, flipping in between yeah. sports here at the moment. It's getting awfully you've confusing. You've seen it with, with Sang Moon Bay, who was a, looking like a potential world beater when he went off to military service and hasn't done anything since he's come back. I think he had a, a second on the web.com, but, yeah, very, very little. Um, but he's a very, very exciting player, Sang Moon and... Um, I think he's definitely one for the future. But unfortunately, his win slightly overshadowed by the things which happened after that, which was... I mean, Tommy Fleetwood, obviously a lot of us on this side of the Atlantic would have been cheering on. He needed to birdie the final hole to get into a playoff with him. Uh, he hit a five-wood into the last and sliced a bit and put it in the water, uh, which meant that he ended up actually bogeying the hole. Um, and there were comments by Paul Weisinger uh, during the coverage on Sunday about Tommy Fleetwood and those comments were as follows these guys know you can win all you want on that European tour the international game and all that but you have to win on the PGA tour now Fleetwood has won five times on the European tour including the race at Dubai won four points as a rookie at the 2018 Ryder Cup where Europe won he's had two runner-ups in majors and also three of his European tour wins had stronger fields than that at the Honda Classic last Sunday. Um, Azing has then also gone on to say, I wasn't trying to be malicious, I didn't want to disrespect anyone, but professional golfers choke for two things, cash and prestige, and the PGA Tour has the most of both. Now, does Azinger have a point? Is the PGA Tour the best tour in the world? And actually, any other wins on other tours really don't matter. The PGA Tour is the best tour in the world, unequivocally. However, his comments were at best naive and at worst very disrespectful, I felt, towards Westwood and Fleetwood. Um, Especially towards Westwood, a man who's won 43 times around the world. Mm. Um, 44. 44, sorry. (laughs) Thanks, Elliot. It strikes me as 
often Americans get this reputation as being quite parochial and almost indoctrinated from a young age to think that America is the greatest country in the world and that nothing outside those borders really matter. And that's another prime example of the parochial nature of some American commentators, I'm afraid. I mean, I think personally, where do I come down? I think very disrespectful from a guy who's in a position and he should be conveying accurate sentiments. And I thought it was quite um, irresponsible, really. Elliot? Yeah, I think the comments, firstly, I think they're absolutely hilarious. I think they're embarrassing for him. Like Nigel said, showing just that he doesn't really pay attention to anything outside of his country. I think, yeah, very disrespectful. Quite poor as well, that somebody in such a high position that should have knowledge and should follow the worldwide game. Uh, but, yeah, I just think they're hilarious. And people, golf fans in America are going to listen to those comments. He's almost perpetuating this thing, this theme that nothing that happens outside of America has any significance whatsoever. And that's why I think it's irresponsible for someone who's a broadcaster at his level should really be doing his homework and understanding the significance of the global tours and how they all get into the PGA Tour and not just think the PGA Tour is the be-all and the end-all. Isn't he just doing his job, though? His job is to... Have and have an opinion on. He gets paid for an opinion, whether it's an opinion everybody agrees with. You know, it is what it is. And he's there also to maybe get some headlines, to make some coverage, maybe to be a bit of a shock jock on the TV. Um, I'd question the need for someone and someone to fulfil that role in just broadcasting a PGA Tour event. You know, you've already got your audience watching anyway. I don't understand. To me, it just strikes me as someone who hasn't done proper research. But, but without doubt, because of those comments, he's grabbed a lot of um, headlines on All websites negative. and newspapers. Yeah. I know, but, you know, any press but is good. Any press is good press. Is the chances, are, the chances are that there may now be more ratings for that show for next week because he's, he's because people want to, want to see what they Let's look at this. Is there any TV shows? Maybe there's one on, uh, on a... Uh, uh, a, a, a good morning kind of show in Britain um, where one of the presenters is quite, you know, forthright in their views. Do they get more viewers because of that? I think they probably do. Yeah. Um, you think this is going to attract more viewers to go... Paul Azing is... He might, he might he, go, do you he, know what? Oh, I, do you know what? I've got a bit of time. I wonder what Paul Azing is saying on, uh, <laughs> on, on the TV this week. His about name's the, uh, been basically dragged through the mud. I, I wonder why you would do that on purpose. I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares, though, does he? That's he doesn't care, clearly, because he didn't apologise. He came out with a statement the next day saying, I wasn't trying to be malicious. I didn't mean to disrespect anyone. He didn't actually, at any point, say, I apologise to Fleetwood and Westwood for my comments. Yeah. And let's, let's, so there's a couple of comments that we had. I mean, Ian Poulter and Lee Westwood, I've got them here, so I'll say it. Uh, Poulter said, I like Poising a lot and get on with him great, but Paul, please do not condescend or disrespect the European tour and our players like that. We've slapped your ass in Ryder Cup for so long. I know you captain a win, but seriously, that was embarrassing today. And Westwood said, one minute Paul walks down the range wishing you good luck before you play. The next he's condescending to the tour you play on, disrespect the tournaments you won around the world. I won in 19 different countries over four decades. This is disrespecting a lot of people. Thoughts? Yeah, well said by two European Tour legends there. Nothing really to say other than I think it'd be good if Azinger apologised and said, Westwood, you're a class player. I, I know I mentioned Mark Wilson and that he'd won at PGA National and you hadn't, but he never reached the top 20 in the world. You're a former world number one. You played in 10 Ryder Cups. That's very, very impressive. You're a truly world-class player. I mean, the thing with Azinger's comments, from my point of view, is that actually... 
we don't really care about them. We all know that he's just doing them for, to grab some headlines. Um, and the whole point of him saying is, so actually people like us talk about it all over the world and he gets some coverage over it. And we're doing that. Um, the most exciting thing I think about it is actually it's going to fire up a lot of the European team for the Ryder Cup uh, at the end of September, whether they need, needed more firing up or not. But the European team... You know, have done very well on American soil, although they've had the odd blip, and they will be really fired up to show um, that they can perform on American soil in the biggest event, you know, of the year. Yeah, absolutely, and it's not as if, as we've discussed before, Fleetwood's won the Czech Masters and the Oman Open. Yeah, he's won big-time European tour events, four points in the Ryder Cup on debut. Irresponsible comments for me. Yeah, I mean, Fleetwood. Let's if we're just going to. Just pause and let's actually look at Fleetwood's performance. He's playing very good golf at the moment. In the last five tournaments, I think he's had a win and a couple of second places and a couple of thirds, I think. Um, and that he's won. Got, he's won two Abu Dhabi championships. One he beat Rory McIlroy in second place, and one he beat DJ in second place. So it's not like he hasn't done it against good players, is it? Yeah, and the French Open was a Rolex Series event when he won there too. Exactly, with massive money. Yeah. So when we, when um, um, Azinger says. Golf has choked for two things, cash and prestige. Actually, I think uh, Fleetwood's shown that he has already done it on big Again, that's big a time. short-sighted comment the day after making a series of short-sighted comments. Yeah. I know, he's not really rowing back, is he? No, I don't think... And also, I, th- I think you, you guys are right when you say... I just don't think he has the actual knowledge as European tour. I, 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 I just more, don't yeah, think... I, he, I don't think he looks at it at all. I don't think he looks at the actual standard. I don't think he looks at the courses. And I don't think he looks at the field. I don't think he... It's so blinkered. Yeah, no, all he does is look at the PJ Tour and, and sees what he sees every week. Yeah, blinkered I mean, and parochial are the two words that come to my mind. I totally agree because I don't understand why he would wish to bring that negative publicity on himself. So I come down on the side that he is just naive and is not paying attention. I think there's, one, there's also one real case in point here, and that's Brooks Kupka, whose name I always say wrong, and everyone always means it. But he is not your average world-class golfer he actually went to the european tour and actually that's where he you know cut his teeth and became into the world number one multiple major winning champion where he was he looked and he said multiple times that going and playing all around the world has really helped his game because he can play in so many different um situations he's not just had a pampered life you know he's had to go out and, and do well and i think that's you know, I'd, I'd love to know what Brooks's th- thoughts are on Azing his comments because he, he more than anyone, I think, would actually he actually champions the European Tour, and that's going to stand him in good stead going forward if the USJ and the RNA choose to alter and modify course setups as to combat the, the increasing distances players are hitting the balls. Yeah, uh, but back to what Azing has said about money. Tommy Fleetwood's actually won the biggest first prize check in history at the Ned Bank Golf Challenge. Oh, sorry, it was three million the week after in Dubai. He won two and a half million yeah. dollars. So, he, he, he's, so he I mean, he's won very recently. This was a few months ago in what? Uh, October? Probably October, November. November. Yeah. Where, he, as you say, he won a massive, massive paycheck. Was the field that strong that week? Not as strong as it should have been for that size prize pool. We know that already. Uh, but that's not his fault, is it? And, um, and actually, at that point, Fleetwood had... You <laughs> probably could start saying, oh, you know, he maybe is having choky issues because he's going to have a win. Well, he has had a win. How long ago did Tommy Fleetwood miss a cut? French Open 2018. This was the 46th consecutive. At 
absolutely outrageous. I know. Eh? He, he's playing so well, and I think it's a bit unfortunate that Fleetwood seems to have been put in this little storm because it's not his fault. He's actually playing really solid no, golf, playing really he's well. He's had several 54 hole leads on the PGA Tour and thrown them all away. This was very difficult golf course yeah. and challenging conditions. And he had he's still on the 72nd tee where Birdie would have got him into a playoff. Definitely not a choke. It's just Sung JM had a really solid final yeah. round and shot four under on that golf course. On a great golf course. Yeah. It was actually a really good tournament. Some really good standard golf, entertaining golf as well that we saw throughout the week. And I think Azinger has rather taken the gloss off that event. And Fleetwood is going to get asked about this a lot now. Whereas actually he should be being asked about how well is he playing mm. and you know it's great that he is even challenging and he's on this incredible run, 46 cuts made in a row. So long may Fleetwood continue that cut and can continue to play well. Um, and he's playing this week as well. We'll come on to that tournament soon. Now we've already mentioned that Sung Jae Im won at the uh, weekend and he uh, uses full bag tightless stuff, doesn't he, Elliot? Yep. Full bag clubs and ball, doesn't it? And ball. Yeah, which is uh, great timing for our new sponsor for the podcast, which is Titleist, which we're very excited about um, being on board. We're going to have lots of things happening over the, the coming weeks and months to do with them. But if there's anything that you guys would like to hear about from Titleist or about any of their new launches or any of their plays, do let us know and we can get in touch with them and see if we can sort anything out. But very happy for them to be involved with the podcast over the coming year. Moving on now, one man who has won on that European tour, as Paul Azinger would say, as well as that PGA tour, is of course world number one, Roy McIlroy. It was recently confirmed that the world number one is returning to the Irish Open this year after missing it in 2019. And here is what he had to say about it. How much are you looking forward to playing your home Open uh, in May? Yeah, looking forward to it a lot. Looking forward to, um, you know, it's a bit different, obviously, going back to a May date rather than it being in July. Uh, back to Parkland course, Mount Juliet, which is, I've never played Mount Juliet, but I've got good memories from there. It was um, the first time I ever watched Tiger Woods play in person. I went, my dad drove me down and we watched uh, watched the, the WGC there and, and that was really cool. So um, it'll be exciting to, to tee it up there myself and, and, and try to win a tournament there. What did it mean to win the tournament in 16? Uh, it meant a lot. I, I think, you know, being involved with the tournament then, uh, from a charitable aspect and, and the fact that my win meant so much to a lot of people. Um, you know, we were able to raise, uh, geez, over 1.5 million euros that week for charity, which was really cool. Um, you know, I was able to donate my prize money to charity as well. And um, yeah, you know, that was you know, definitely one of the highlights of my career. Did you enjoy the hosting role? And what advice would you give to the host this year? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I did enjoy it. I think it's a, it's a, you know, it's it's a privilege to be able to host your your national open. Um, it it sometimes takes a little, you know, it takes a little bit away from what you're doing on the golf course. But I think if you manage your time well and and make sure that you get your work in first, that, that's my thing. And the first the first time I played in fifteen, I I maybe. You know, I, I maybe didn't prepare properly for the tournament and, and that showed, but then, you know, going on and, you know, winning 16 and stuff, I was able to, you know, step back a little bit and focus on my game and, but still try to be a, a good host, I guess. So, you know, I would say to GMAC, just, you know, try to prepare as best he can for the tournament and um, make sure he gets his work in before the, the week. And, um, 
but obviously it's a you know you've got a lot going on and you're you're pulled from pillar to post most of the week so um, but I think everyone that, that hosts the tournament knows what they're they're getting themselves into. So there you go, Rory McIlroy, very excited about being involved with the Irish Open again uh, this year, and I'm sure all the Irish fans are very excited about him being there. One thing, though, that was great in that little interview was that he's mentioned the first time that he saw Tiger Woods in the flesh, a moment I think anyone will remember, um, especially as he's obviously a hero to so many, you know, on tour and, you know, fans. Elliot, when was the first time that you saw Tiger Woods in the flesh? It was at Carnoustie in 2018 at the Open Championship. I can't remember if it was the moment that you probably want me to talk about on the putting green, where I was watching him hole, I think, about 25 three-footers in a row, which was absolutely mesmerising. It was probably four-footers. And the head was still, the stroke was beautiful. And then also, uh, I followed him inside the ropes for three or four holes, about an hour or so. And that was incredible. Walked very close behind him. How close? About as close as we <laughs> secu- are now. Secu- was security having to get involved? Uh, Elliot, I remember this so well, because was that your first Open with us? No, first was- the week, the one before. Burtdale. So Burtdale the year before? Yeah. Yeah. And then Carnoustie after. And then it was very exciting because Tiger was playing. Because Tiger didn't play at Burtdale, did he? Is that right? No. Yeah. So um, Carnoustie, you were very excited about Tiger there. We had a really good week because we had a really good house, which we walked the course in. And Elliot got very excited because he saw Tiger make 25 five footers or whatever they were in a row and he goes I'm putting money on him I'm putting money on him I'm going to put money yes. on him straight away I put 20 quid each way on him <laughs> exactly and yeah, in fairness he was leading with nine and then, and then with nine holes to go and we all laughed going oh don't be silly He's, he hasn't played for ages you know and then with nine holes to play he was leading yeah, I would have won about 700 <laughs> quid I think <laughs> it was that, he could hardly stand still he had to go for a walk I think and then um, obviously it fell apart a little bit uh, Nick, can you remember the first time you saw Tiger in the flesh? I can, yeah. I remember watching him, I think it was the third round, possibly, of the 2014 Open at Royal Liverpool. I think that's when I first saw him in the flesh. And he wasn't playing well. I think he was around 50th in the field, you know, putting in one of those Tiger Woods performances where he's not really motivated because he can't win the tournament. But even still, the aura that surrounded him was incredible. And it was a real privilege to be inside the ropes at that moment because, as I've said before, we get great access afforded to us as as journalists at the Open Championship through the RNA and you can actually walk inside the ropes and get very close to the players so that was a real treat for me. Yeah and you're right we are obviously very lucky we get very good access to the guys. Um, I saw him the first time was at the 2009 Open Um, I just saw him on the the practice range I think but one of the bits I remember is when I was with uh, with, uh, one of Golf Monthly's uh, writers Michael Weston who is a huge Tiger Woods fan. And uh, we were at St Andrews in 2010, and we were walking to the driver range at, in the bit which uh, the other fans aren't allowed to walk, and Tiger walked past us. And, and Westers, who, you, you know, he's pretty pale as it was. He went completely white. So I thought he was going to be sick. Oh, it's Tiger Woods there. I was like, calm down, mate. Did he say hello? No, <laughs> did he? Did he? I don't think he could... They could hardly breathe, let alone speak. But he does have that effect. He's one of those people, you know, he's, he's a legend. It's someone you've seen so much of and you actually see them in flesh. You're like, whoa. Oh, there's Genuine time. superstar fame. Yeah. He's the only person in golf that that statement applies to. Yeah. Yeah. At uh, Birkdale in 17, there was a, 
a very good open crowd. The next year in Carnoustie when Tiger played, the place was run over by Americans. Yeah, it was it was ma- all over just to see yeah. him. Yeah, and and actually, I remember walking. I walked the last few holes with Tiger at Carnoustie. I think on maybe the Saturday. I can't remember with Neil Tappin and um, the bit. You no, know, in the bit of seventeen in Carnoustie where the fans can't get because there's all the. Uh, you know the streams and stuff like that around, and we got very close. It was awesome. That was really good. So, yeah. When was the first time that you saw? Tiger? I mean, Tiger. That's the thing about Tiger. He. That's why he moves the needle so much. That's why people want him at the at their tournament so much. Remember when he played at the Grove, which was what two thousand and three over here, and he won that WGC event. The crowds they had there were massive, and that's mainly everyone's just there to see Tiger. Obviously, it's great to have a WGC event over in England, but um, he, you know, he he was at the you know almost at the peak of his powers at that point. And um, we should mention David Taylor's first sighting of Tiger Woods, which happened to be in the the Masters last year when he won. Ridiculous. Yes, Lucky that was, man. Well, yes. Are you bitter about that night? <laughs> of course I'm bitter about it. He got to see Tiger win the Masters and then played Augusta the next day. A year after Clazer played Augusta. Hello. A year before I went to Augusta and didn't get pulled, my name didn't get pulled out of the hat. And I'm yet to play Augusta National. Of course I'm bitter. Oh dear, unlike the rest of the population. Listeners, we hear this story probably every two weeks, yeah, I reckon. Exactly. I mean, have you got your tissues with him? Give him a tissue. Play you some more violin. I will continue to be bitter until I play Augusta National. Indeed, which isn't indeed. Happen, ever. Well, your words not mine. But let us know when was the f- have you seen Tiger Woods in the flesh? Have you got any great moments about seeing him live? You know, we've obviously all watched him on TV, but is there anything that you've done to go and watch Tiger Woods, one of your your heroes play play golf? Let us know. And you know, check out the Clubhouse new private group on Facebook because there's going to be loads of good stuff and chat about all things golf, and it means you can just. You can fill your golf time in a nice private area on Facebook. So, Yes, I've heard reports that it's quite difficult to find because there are many other clubhouses. So the URL is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the clubhouse golf monthly. If you, I think if you search the clubhouse golf monthly, you should be able to find it. Also, we have our other social media as well, at Golf Monthly on Twitter and Instagram, and Golf Monthly Magazine, our usual Facebook page as well. Um, There was another event at the weekend, that was the Oman Open, uh, which Sammy Vallimaki won his maiden title in just his sixth start. He beat Brandon Stone in a playoff. The 21-year-old only turned pro last year. He's won four times on the Pro Golf Tour in 2019, moves up to 159th in the world. Kaza, what is the Pro Golf Tour? It was a golf tour for professionals. Actually, Nigel, I'm going to ask you, because you, you wrote something for the mag, didn't you, about the f- how to get to the European tour? Yeah, so it's one of four feeder tours that feed into the Challenge Tour, which obviously then feeds into the European tour, alongside, I believe, the Nordic Golf League, the Euro Pro Tour, and the Alps Tour. So I've yeah. Nailed it. It's one, well, well, so well done. A 20-year-old, he won four times on that tour. He won three starts in a row. And at 21, he's a European Tour winner. So we had two, twen- two 21-year-olds w- win at the weekend. He was brilliant, isn't he? I know I'd say a lot of people are very impressive on this podcast, but I, f- I flicked onto the TV just whilst I was having lunch before going to Wembley to see him hole uh, probably one in 10, 25-footer down the green on the 18th, on the 72nd. Then he hit a great tee shot on the first regulation hole, hit a really nice approach to about 15 feet. And then sadly, I had to turn the TV off and go. But I was, I was pleased to see him win because I thought he really deserved it for the, the gutsy nature of the putty hole in the 72nd. Yeah. Uh, and he was 54-hole leader as well, so didn't bottle it, completely took on the challenge. And 
He in tough like conditions over in Oman. I mean, I think Oman open again. The course is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, if only there was more spectators there. I think it's a real challenge. When the wind gets up there, it's really tough. Um, I thought it was a decent field. I mean, Brandon Stone, very good player. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm quite a big fan of Brandon Stone. I think because I followed him for a few holes when he was playing with Alfie Plant at the Burkdale Open. Um, and he was driving it 40, 50 yards past Alfie Plant and um, being quite jovial about with the crowd and stuff like that. So I'm quite a big fan of he's him. He's got an engaging character. Yeah. He's always got a smile on his face. He's got a very good player. He took it very well. He's, he was applauding when he saw Valamaki hold that part in the 72nd ball. Yeah. And you didn't get the, the impression that that was staged in any way. No, I think he's in a good... I think he's in a good place yeah. where he actually just plays it. He's had his ups and downs. You know, he's had, I think he's had... A, had a bit of a slump already yeah. in his career, and well, now he's he back. Man, now, swing, swing changes, yeah, didn't he? exactly. So now, now he's playing very well again. But I think he's just t- just takes it as it goes. Doesn't oh, yeah. worry. Just just in the moment. Doesn't worry Laid too much. South African just got yeah. married. Millionaire at twenty six. You know, it's, it's all good for Brandon Stone. Well, yeah, fair play. So, no, I thought a decent uh, European Tour event, uh, and there is another European Tour event this week, uh, and that's the Qatar Masters, which we'll talk about before coming on to the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Uh, so they're in Doha this week for Qatar Masters. South African Justin Harding won last year. Harding's back to defend against the likes of 2018 winner Eddie Pepperell, last week's champion runner-up Valley Mackey and Van Stone. Plus Martin Keimer, who had a fantastic hole-in-one. I don't know if anyone saw that last week. And many other decent, pretty na- uh, decent names this week. Anyone standing out from you guys you think are going to do well? I this is massive, sh- massive shake of the head there from Elliot. He's, you're, you're not going to put your your neck on the line, Elliot, this week. All right, <laughs> we're going Valamaki double. Yeah, we are. Who's we? We, as in speak for yourself. You, you are. <laughs> you, me and my people. <laughs> you and your. Yeah. He's a proven winner. He's 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 got the game. Valamaki back to back. I like it. And he's quite good at playing in the Middle East, I think. Well, he, well, he won last week. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched quite a lot of Nicholas Colsarts on Friday afternoon. Yes. I was actually really impressed with him and how he's striking the ball. I mean, he's quite a long way down on the European Tour driving distance statistics, but I've taken that to mean he's hitting a lot of long irons and fairway woods because some of the drives he hit... There was that downwind par five he hit at 400 yards. We, we saw the exact same yeah. holes, I think, on Friday. So really in control of his ball flight. The issue with Colsarts is always his putting. He's traditionally been extremely low down in the putting stats I'm talking very near the bottom i.e. between 170 and 200th in the putting stats which isn't going to get it done most weeks but when he does find some form on the greens he's a terrific player I think he's playing much but I think that the last so when did he win he won he won the French Open last year yeah so I think that was a massive turning point and he's been very solid since very solid since he fell away at the weekend but you know that can happen in windy conditions but on the whole, he is a good win player. Hits a miles, controls his. And what odds is he this week? He's eighty to one. Yeah, that's quite long. So, which I was amazed at just before we came up here when I was discussing it with you, and I'm definitely going to put some of my money on him this week. There you go. So that's um, he's not going to win then if you're betting on him. Uh, I also quite like look of Eddie Pepperell. We won here in 2018. He's 33 to one. Um, I think he was 11th in his last outing. That was a few weeks ago. Also. I'm going to get this in because I'm not here next week. I want to get that in. Can we all remember how well Eddie Pepperell played at the Players last year? Yep. Where he finished top five. I want money on him. Yeah. He's 125 to one this year. And I think he's just getting switched on. He's building his game around these little tournaments now. And I wouldn't be surprised if 
people who won in 2018 then missed playing Qatar last year and probably should have because he's defending champion. So I think he's going to have another decent week this week at 35 to 1. And also, Guido Migliozzi mm. is 50 to 1 this week, playing well. I thought he played pretty well last week as well. So um, there's a couple. For the rest of the betting tips, do Google Golf Betting Tips and click on our Qatar Masters page. There's another big event this week, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. If I can say it, Arnold Palmer Invitational. There you go. Francesco Molinari defends the title one last year at Bay Hill. Strong field this week, although unfortunately no Tiger Woods after his agent confirmed uh, he's struggling with his back, so he's pulled out. So who's in the field? McElroy, Kepka, Rose, Fleetwood, DeChambeau, Matsuyama, Reed, Scott, Shufle, Fowler, and Jason Day, just to name some. Uh, you didn't mention Victor Hovland. No, he's playing. Uh, I thought I'd mention Ricky Fowler, otherwise you would have a go at me, even though he missed the cut by miles last week, I think. As did Hovland. Yeah, true. But then, Hovland won the week. Okay, it's a, it's a good, it's a good, uh, good field. Twenty eighteen winner Roy McIlroy is the tournament favourite after six top fives in a row. Huge field this week because the money is nine point three million dollars for the whole prize pool with a massive prize of first. So um, who's going to do well? Who's going to win that? Who's going to take home the bacon? Is that it? Bring home the bacon. That's the one. I'm going to go for Xander Schauffele again. Um, so far on the PGA Tour in 2020, he's second in strokes gained, tee to green, Here's some fourth stats. in scrambling, brilliant putter as we've talked about before on the podcast, and three consecutive top 25 finishes, and I think it's his sort of golf course too. Has uh, he done well there before? I don't know, if I'm honest. All those stats, and I've stumped you with a very simple question. I just think he's a quality, quality player who will yep. win sooner rather than later. Yep. Elliot, anyone? Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, hello. Randomly was scrolling right down to the bottom of the betting odds, which I don't often do, and I came across Matt Every's name at 500 to 1. Now, I know he's not in good form. I think he briefly showed up in some event last year and was in contention after 36 holes, but aside from that, has done nothing. But he's won twice at Bay Hill. He's 500 to 1. I, I was, someone was mentioning him the other day on, on the commentary. I can't remember what it was. I think he's having all kinds of issues with his swing, but... Um yeah, he did win there twice. Still, they often say and professionals some, that they can be inspired by going back to a place where they've been absolutely. successful before. So you're going to put how much money are you putting on a Matt Every? T- stick two quid each way on him. Boom. Or maybe two fifty each way. Oh, oh, last of the big spenders. Uh, I will go for Fleetwood. I think it's quite an obvious choice. Sung Jae Im. So for you've gone back, for back you've gone to, for two people who just did well last week. Yeah, Fleetwood was third here last year as well, and uh, Victor Hovland as well. Off a, a poor week at the Honda, I think uh, yeah, you could go well this week. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention two people. Mark Leishman, thirty five to one, won the Farmers a couple of weeks ago. Also won here in twenty seventeen. So I think thirty five to one is too long a price to miss out on. Also someone who maybe I'm not gonna tip, but just to mention, Justin Rose is th- also thirty five to one this week. The last time you could have got Justin Rose to that odds at the start of the tournament was a long, long time ago. He was second four tournaments ago, but I know, Nick, you have your thoughts on his. I obviously follow Rose quite closely, being a big fan of his, and he's missed two cuts in a row now, and I can't remember the last time that happened. Uh, He's also only played 12 professional rounds this year, and it's March now. And as we discussed on either either last week or the week before, I think he's probably slightly in his own head with regards to scheduling. Um, so I'd like to see him put that right this week yeah. in the lead up. To I the mean, last if you're looking players. for value, there's the value there. Twelve right. rounds this whole year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But there's, if you're looking, 
as I often do, just look through the field like for very good performers and where there's some actual good money and to be had on Justin Rose's is where where it's at um, but also I want to just mention Colin Morikawa as well who as a professional golfer is still yet to miss a cut and he's 45 to 1 and I think he's had a couple of very good performances already this year as well so I think check him out I'd like to mention Ian Poulter as well please do been too quiet for too long not ridiculously quiet but I mean in terms of victories maybe inspired I've seen Westwood go well last week uh, Luke Donald went well last week as well, uh, so yeah. And also maybe sticking it to Azinger as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, if anything, Poulter's one of those guys. If you actually get him fired up, we know he plays very well. We've seen when he nearly lost his card a couple of years ago. Suddenly, that reignited his form when he thought, you know, it really fired him up mentally. So, on the subject of Luke Donald, did you guys see that Instagram clip that he posted of the announcer? Completely, it's a very up. good uh, web post on the Golf Monthly yeah, website. Clearly, you don't read the uh, <laughs> website. Luke Donald won the 2006 Honda Classic, and the starter announced him as being the 2016 champion, and his name is Luke McDonald. And it's hilarious. Where he's from, wrong, didn't he? As well, I mispronounced that. Oh, I think it's quite yeah. funny. Um, yes, you see it, Donald chuckling on the tee. It was quite amusing. It didn't go well for him for that particular starter. Anyone else you want to mention? Are you looking forward to it? Got the best par five in golf, I think. The best par five in golf. Yeah, it's got that big booming banana shaped par five six. Well, I think if the wind is massively down, some players have actually tried to drive the green before. I love watching that hole. Nice. So, really looking forward to it. And it's a week before the Players' Championship at Sawgrass as well. As I mentioned, I'm not here next week. I am on a family holiday to Centre Parks. Looking forward to it. So, you guys will be talking about that. But Sawgrass is when we really think that, you know, the golf season really gets going. And it means Augusta is quite literally around the corner. Probably just one other thing to mention in the news of golf. And that is that... With it being an Olympic year, it's now going to start when we find out whether the players are taking it seriously or not. And Dustin Johnson has come out very early and said that he will not be entering the Olympics this year. He's going to instead uh, concentrate on the FedEx Cup. What do we think about this? Uh, it, the news disappointed me. It just uh, says that he cares more about money than legacy. It's his own opinion. It's his own life. But it'd be nice to play in the Olympics wouldn't it win a gold medal or win a medal I mean I think so I think it's strange I think I just don't get this from DJ this is a great opportunity to expand the DJ brand you know put him him in front of some other people who might not watch golf that much and I do not understand why I mean he's got so many opportunities to win the FedEx Cup over the the next decade or so. Um, Why on earth would you not want to be involved in one of the greatest celebrations of sport that only happens once every four years? I don't, I don't understand. I think he's been poorly advised here, in my opinion. Look, last time at Rio, we had all kinds of people pulling out left, right, and centre, claiming you know they didn't want to get the Zika virus and stuff like that. Now maybe the coronavirus things and stuff like that ha- um, having an effect on that, but I think he hasn't mentioned that in his statement um, so who knows but um, I think to say I'm not going to play in the Olympics because the FedEx Cup is and the, the FedEx Cup is the FedEx Cup's 
you know, the tour, championship, the tour championship is about a month after yeah, the Olympics. a week off after the Olympics, so you yeah. come home, rest up. He's not even obliged to play in the first FedEx Cup playoff event. Exactly. I mean, he's going to be high up in the rankings because well, actually not having a great season, but he'll still end up being high up in the yeah, rankings he, before. In, 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 he'll you play in the majors. You can have two weeks off after He'll play in all the majors, play in all the WGCs, and he'll, he'll be right at the top of the rankings. Disappointing that he's not going to give fans the opportunity. Who's going to be the next person to pull out? Brooks Kepka, I think. Yeah. Reckon? Yeah. I think they're just quite... Oh, no, don't really want to I think Brooks might play. I think Brooks might play. I hope he does, I but th- he has said we'll see. Yeah. yeah. I think they're both sort of quite indifferent about any non-paid-for activities out of the United States, personally. I don't know. I'll, let's pass judgment on that. Um, I, I hope that Brooks, that Brooks plays. A few weeks ago in Saudi, he said that the FedEx Cup and the majors are more important than the Olympics. So if he thinks the FedEx Cup's more important, he may do exactly what DJ's doing. Um, both McElroy and Tiger Woods have both said that they're I mean, play, f- from so our point of view, is the more the more Americans who pull out, it means that maybe that there's a better chance that Tiger's going to play in the Olympics, and maybe they've got they've all like got a secret thing. Oh, we want to get Tiger in the Olympics, so we're just all going to pull out. I, I mean, that's not what's happening. But um, I mean, for us, I'd much rather see Tiger play. I'll be honest with you, I'd much rather Tiger play in the Olympics than DJ. If, it's, if it was a choice between the two, I'd rather watch Tiger play because it's going to get everyone so excited. Yeah, of all sports in the entire world, golf may have the biggest star at the 2020 Olympics. Well, who is the biggest sports star in the world at the moment? I don't know, Messi, Ronaldo. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, Tiger is um, Tiger's yeah. much. Tiger is much bigger than Tom Brady. Tiger, if I don't you think... I know who Tom Brady is. No, well, there you so. go. well, there you go. Well, that doesn't surprise me. And... Um, that's no, you know, no. But if you think if you think about the big big names, you're right. So Ronaldo, Messi, you know, they I don't think will be at the Olympics. I don't know that for certain. I know Mo Salah might be playing for Egypt in the Olympics. I don't know. But Tiger Woods is such a big name, and he's such an iconic sports person that um, golf could absolutely have the most iconic person there. I mean, Tiger, could you imagine if Tiger gets on the American team, he could actually be the flag bearer for the American team at the opening ceremony of the Olympics. I wouldn't be surprised if he did do that. So hopefully, he wouldn't, hopefully he wouldn't do his back in uh, having to carry the flag. Is it still everyone in the top 15 in the world gets to play, but only four people from each nationality? So if you, if you have... If there's four Americans, say if there's four Americans in the top 15, then all four of those Americans get in. Yeah. If there's five Americans in the top 15, then only the top four get in. Okay. And so we, every, we, other, every other country after that, it's only the top two until the field is 60. Is okay. that right? Yeah. I think that's right. So there are, Woods would currently be in, even if DJ was playing? Uh, he's no, he's no, I don't seventh think, No, I don't think, yeah. Wow. Who's he behind then? Reed, Thomas, Kepka, DJ? Wow. Simpson... Yeah, wow. show play. It's very. It's going to be very close. So obviously, it depends how he does in the majors because they're, they're he'll win the Masters and get in no problem. Oh, come on, that's what we want to see. Um, other than that, I think we're going to wrap it up for this week. So thanks for listening. The clubhouse will be back next week, and we may have a special guest in the form of our equipment editor Joel Tadman. I love the way that you have said we may have him. If no, anyone knows Joel Tadman, he can slightly be tricky to pin well, down. Yeah, he said he's coming on, but 
you, it's Tadman, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. So, so anything can happen. But if it is, then that's your chance to get your equipment questions in because he is the person in the know for everything to do with golf gear. He gets to see it before everybody else does and hit it before everybody else does. So a great chance. I'm sure Elliot will push out a few questions on our social media channels. So we're going to have a big section about him and the best stuff that he's seen this year. He was over in Orlando at the PJ Merchandise Show and stuff like that. So great chance to, ch- to really pick his his brain. Um, we'll also, of course, be previewing the Players' Championship and talking, as I said, about the best golf equipment of 2020. So thanks for listening. Do check out all our social media channels at Golf Monthly on Instagram and Twitter and also Golf Monthly Magazine on Facebook. But until next week, we'll speak to you then. Oh,